I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. Today we're going to be talking about health mistakes you don't even know you're making. Now this is a biggie because I've been in practice now for over 35 years. Patients come to us all the time and they say, Dr. Joe, I live a good life. I exercise, I eat right, and I, you know, I take my supplements. And I look at their diets and I look at their lifestyle and I think, yeah, your definition of good and my definition of good are two different things. We're going to have to investigate this a little further. So people like you and like me, I mean, I have to learn these things too. We think we're doing something right, but maybe we're not. I mean, eating fast food, failure to exercise, smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, avoiding getting your doctor's visits, getting your chiropractic adjustments. Everyone knows that certain habits, practices, lifestyles are seriously bad for your health. However, there are many health mistakes you're probably making without even realizing it. So the good news is all of them are easy to fix, and I'm going to tell you how. So let's dive right into the first one. As a chiropractor, patients come to us a lot, and they say, Dr. Joe, I have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain. I was in a car accident. I have a sports injury, worker's comp injury. And the studies are very clear that for back pain, chiropractic is the most effective, least expensive treatment for back injuries. Absolutely positively, it's there. It's documented. So if you have pain, if you have neck pain, back pain, sports injury, car accident, come see us first. If it's something we can't help, we're going to refer you out to somebody who can help. Now, sometimes we co-manage the case. What'll mean, what I mean by that is we'll send you out and we'll manage it with a pain management specialist. I'm board certified in pain management, but I don't do medications. And we'll do a pain management or an orthopedist or a physical therapist, and we'll co-manage your case. But as soon as you get hurt, People come to me all the time and say, Dr. Joe, I got hurt this weekend doing whatever. I said, did you put ice or heat on it? And with their doubled over in pain screaming, inevitably, they say, I put heat on my injury. It may be your first instinct to apply heat to painful areas, but it can actually aggravate the injury. Applying heat to painful areas can actually make the problem worse. And that's something I see all day, all the time. When patients come in and they're screaming in pain, I want to say 100% of the time, I can't think of any time in 35 years that the person ever put ice on the injury. They always put heat. So if you've suffered a recent injury, inflammation uh, to the damaged tissue is likely to follow. That's kind of what happens. So all the heat, although the heat feels good, it loosens up your stiff joints, it actually promotes and increases inflammation, which can lead to more stiffness and loss of mobility, which can cause more problems. So I always tell people, if you have an injury, unless it's frostbite, I hope that's logical to figure that out, ice, 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off, 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off. Now, here's the thing. With ice, you don't have to have any fancy ice packs. We've got these really cool ones at the office, and they've got a cloth cover on them, and they're just amazing, and they're my favorites by far. And only one company I ever found makes these. But you can just take uh, ice cubes and put them in a Ziploc bag. You can use a bag of frozen vegetables if you want to, and then, of course, eat the vegetables, which would be good. So ice is going to be your friend. Don't do more than 20 minutes. Because after 20 minutes, what happens is the body from, de from decreasing or, or causing vasoconstriction or cutting off the blood supply increases. The body thinks it's going into frostbite. 
And so it increases the circulation. You have the exact opposite effect. So 20 minutes on, give it at least 20 minutes. 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off. Ice is always your friend. Heat is not always your friend. And I don't want you crawling into my office on a Monday morning. It usually happens on Monday mornings. And the person is screaming in pain because they did the heat thing. Hot baths, hot packs. If you're going to do heat later on, I want you to use moist heat, not dry heat. When I say dry heat, like an electric heating pad, throw it on there. I also don't like the electric heating pads. Because electricity, I mean, all we are is a bunch of electricity. We're, the brain is sending messages down your spine, out your nerves to every cell in the body. And as a chiropractor, I understand we got to make sure we open up the nerve supply from the brain to the body. But electricity can mess with the flow of energy because we are carrying electricity through the body. So I'm not a fan of electric blankets. I'm not a fan of electric bed warmers, uh, electric heating pads. If you have to use something like that, turn it on, heat up the bed, and then turn it off. I don't like the electricity flowing through the body. We've done several shows in the past on electromagnetic frequencies. You can go to our website, drjoe.com, and look that up. So ice initially, if you're going to use heat later on, moist heat is going to be your friend, and I don't want you to use an electric heating pad. Other things that you're doing wrong, I don't mean to pick on you, you're just, I'm teaching you that you got to learn these things. You assume that organic or all-natural or non-GMO means it's good for you. Now, you've heard me talk about I'm a big fan of organic foods. I'm a big fan of non-GMO foods, genetically modified organisms. And I'm a big fan of making sure you're eating natural foods. However, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the USDA, certified organic foods are grown and processed according to federal guidelines, addressing, among other factors, soil quality, animal raising practices, if you're eating organic meats or dairy products, pest and weed control, and also the use of additives. But just because it says organic or just because it's vegan, doesn't mean it's healthy. A long time ago, the word vegetarian was hot. Then the word vegan came along. Vegetarian was you didn't eat any animal flesh, but you can be a lacto-ovo vegetarian, you ate eggs, you ate milk, you be a pescatarian vegetarian, uh, which means you eat fish, which doesn't make it a vegetarian in my mind. And then the word vegan came along. And vegan was, I don't eat any animal products. All right, we're going somewhere. But then I remember going to a concert, I won't say who it was, and she was well known for being a vegan, as well as one of my favorite singers. And she walked out on stage and she looked horrible. She looked like a stuffed sausage. She had this tight dress on and just rolls of fat everywhere and, she, and it was very close. And her face looked gaunt and she just looked sickly. So I thought, okay, you can be vegan, but that doesn't mean it's healthy. So you can eat a lot of things. Like for example, processed uh, mac and cheese or even candy might be organic, but most nutritionists like myself would never recommend you eat them on a regular basis. This can apply to supplements and vitamins too. Do your nutritional research when it comes to food. Just because it says vegan, it's not good. Now, the new trend, which I'm kind of liking, is whole food plant-based, WFPB. So if you see the words whole food plant-based, that's a good thing. Now, that's getting better because whole food plant-based means it's as close to nature as possible. So brownies, even though they can be vegan, doesn't mean that they're healthy. Cookies, cakes, donuts, pasta, just because they're vegan doesn't mean it's healthy. So think for a second, is this something that I, is, is going to be good? Just because it's vegan doesn't mean it's healthy and vice versa. So think about that next time you're eating something. Another, so if you don't know what to eat, people always ask me this all the time, Dr. Joe, I don't know what to eat. Go to my website, drjoe.com. We have an uh, audio in there called So What Can I Eat? And it's about an hour and it tells you what to eat, breakfast, lunches, dinner, snacks, across the board. Other things you're doing that may not be healthy. You're breathing through your mouth. I mean, you hear comedians talk about mouth breathers. Mouth breathing is common for people with things like allergies. 
uh, isn't it as innocent? It's not as innocent as you would think. Mouth breathing is uh, conducive to diseases. So <sighs> you're breathing through the mouth, you have to start thinking something's wrong. Remedy, breathe through your nose. But if you notice your mouth breathing because your allergies, your sinuses are stopped up, come talk to us about possible remedies. Breathing through your nose helps eliminate symptoms, increases essential nutrients into the body, and even helps keep your gut healthier. Now, what happens is if your sinuses are clogged up, and how many people have sinus problems? Raise your hand. A lot of you do. If you have sinus problems, chances are it's related to A, your diet, and or B, your digestive system. So if you have sinus problems, runny nose, sinus congestion, uh, you, headaches, a couple of things we want to look at. Number one, is it acid reflux? This is a very common issue that no one seems to address. You've heard me talk about this before. You have a sheet of muscle called the diaphragm. You have a hole in the diaphragm called the lower esophageal sphincter. Food drops down your esophagus. The hole opens. Food drops in a hole. The hole closes. You digest food and you pass it on. Many of us, myself included, the stomach has pushed up through the lower esophageal sphincter and has actually stretched the lower esophageal sphincter. It's a very weak muscle. It's one of those things when I die and go to heaven, I've got to talk to God about the lower esophageal sphincter. I'm not happy with the design because it's so weak. And so if you eat big meals, like I used to do, big meals can push up through the lower esophageal sphincter and stretch it. It's a muscle. And if it gets stretched out, it may not spring back to its original form, especially as we get older. This is why we see so much acid reflux in older people. So if you have burping, uh, acid reflux, uh, gas, or even sinus problems, the acid can be coming all the way up into your sinuses and causing an inflammatory reaction. So in many cases, you need to come see us so we can adjust or pull the stomach down away from the diaphragm so that you stop the acid reflux, which is then going to help the sinuses. Because you can take medication all day, every day. Over-the-counter medications work. They absolutely can dry up your sinuses, but they don't treat the cause, they treat the symptoms. And if you're treating the symptoms, you also may have side effects. So we got to work on getting that stomach down away from the diaphragm. Diet-wise, wheat and dairy are the number one and number two food allergens. So I want you to stay away from wheat and dairy and do my experiment. It's very simple. Two weeks, no wheat, no dairy. Not even little, not a bite, not a nibble, nothing. No wheat, no dairy, two weeks. At the end of two weeks, see how your sinuses are. At the, at the end of two weeks, start eating wheat again and dairy, maybe some pizza, maybe some breads, cookies, cakes, donuts, pasta, cheeses. See how you feel. If you're having a reaction, and most of you are, what's going to happen is the sinus is going to start to fill up again, and you have to make a decision. Do I want to do this? This is how I learned that I didn't do well with wheat. And I'm Italian. Believe me, it was not a happy time in my life when I realized I don't do well with wheat. But the nice part is now, especially, there's so many gluten-free or wheat-free options in just about everything out there. I can't think of anything that's not a gluten-free, wheat-free option out there. So something you want to consider if you have sinus problems and you're a mouth breather. And when you breathe through your nose, by the way, it also helps increase nitric oxide. Nitric oxide opens up your blood vessels. It's a vasodilator. And one of our popular supplements on our website, drjoe.com, is Dr. Joe's nitric oxide support. And a lot of people take this. I take it because it increases circulation. It gives me a lot of energy, increases flow, blood flow to my brain. But if you're breathing through your nose, you're also going to increase your nitric oxide. That's why if you're working out, it's good to breathe through your nose to increase nitric oxide, to open up your blood vessels, to increase circulation, to help the workout become more efficient. Pretty cool stuff, right? Other things you may be doing, habits that you didn't know you were doing wrong. You're not brushing and flossing enough. Many people make brushing and flossing a daily ritual. I do. But many of you aren't doing it enough. Skimping or skipping brushing altogether and, and, not, and flossing at least once a day is a good idea. Brushing your teeth at least twice a day. 
If you're not doing that, it can have long-term negative impact on your health. While most people know that brushing and flossing can keep your teeth clean, what you don't know is that brushing at least two or three times a day can reduce chronic inflammation of the gums and the supporting tooth structures. 15 years of studies show reducing chronic inflammation of gum disease can be done with good oral hygiene, and that can positively affect things like diabetes, heart conditions, and your overall health. So you think I just brushed my teeth for, for fresh breath? No. It's very important you keep your, your teeth brushed because uh, anywhere you have inflammation, that inflammation can become systemic. It means it can go through the whole system. But as a chiropractor, my job is to make sure that we get you on an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. If you have bones out of place, pinching nerves, neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, hip pain, putting the bones back in place can stop the inflammation from occurring. That inflammation can go all over the body and cause problems everywhere else. And that can oftentimes is called osteoarthritis. How many people have osteoarthritis? Raise your hand. A lot of you do. Well, what happens with osteoarthritis is you have a bone out of place somewhere. And the body produces these specific white blood cells to attack and break up the swelling at that area. So let's assume I get in a car accident. My head snaps back and forth. I injure my neck and there's an inflammatory reaction. So what happens is the body sends out these white blood cells to break down the swelling. Well, those white blood cells are not what we call site-specific. What that means is they don't just go to one place. They go through the whole body. And so you start attacking all the joints. Now, a big healthy joint is probably not going to be affected by it. But if a joint is weak, if it's been out of place for a while, if it's starting to wear out, or if it's a very freely movable, sensitive joint, like your fingers, those white blood cells can start attacking those joints and eating away at the joints. So patients come to our offices all day, every day. They say, Dr. Joe, I have arthritis. Look at my fingers. And I say that's probably not your primary site. Your primary site is probably somewhere else in your body, and the fingers are a secondary site. So we've got to bring down the inflammation. If you're not taking care of your gums and your teeth, you can have this chronic long-term inflammatory reaction. Regular brushing and flossing, very important. Get to the dentist, get your teeth checked. They can find things, like a chiropractor can find things that may not be uh, symptomatic quite yet. It can do so much for your overall health. And in fact, if you know somebody who has a heart condition, and my father unfortunately passed of a heart condition, Whenever he went to the heart doctor, he, whenever he went to the dentist or the heart doctor, they had to talk to each other. Make sure that there was no infection in the teeth because if there's an infection in the gums, it could spread to the heart. So it's really important you keep your teeth and gums healthy. I, I have a water pick, and I use a water pick and floss and brush. Now, the water pick takes 10 seconds, 15 seconds. It's not that big a deal. But when you water pick and you floss and you brush, chances are you're going to do well. Now, if you have bad breath, you can try to cover up the bad breath with things like, you know, brushing your teeth or, or gums or, or, or mints. However, it could be coming from rotten teeth. And all the mints in the world aren't going to cover that up. And if it's coming from the bowels, if you have that potty mouth smell, many times you need to come see us. We can adjust the stomach, pull the stomach down away from the diaphragm, get you on a good diet, get you on digestive enzymes. As we get older, we don't produce digestive enzymes like we used to. I take digestive enzymes every time I have a cooked meal. And uh, it's on the website, drjoe.com. We have Dr. Joe's digestive enzymes. It also breaks up inflammation. So when patients come to me and have inflammatory reaction condition and just not getting under control, I'll try to change their diet. I'll give them the chiropractic treatment, and I'll get them on digestive enzymes to help break up that inflammation. So the supplements we talk about are always on the website, drjoe.com. So what we're talking about today is things that you're doing wrong, that you thought you were doing right, or you may not, be, not, not even thought about it, and what you need to do to get it right. Another thing, when I was a kid, I was a hellion, 
And I'd go out and play a lot, and I'd played football and hockey, and I was getting bruised and scratched and cutting myself up. And we, do, we were very poor. My father was disabled, and so we were very, very poor. And so I remember my play shoes became my, my nice shoes, my dress shoes, when they wore out. So I'm going somewhere with this. So I would wear my dress shoes until they started wearing out. They weren't nice enough to wear to church, but then I, I'd wear them uh, to play in. And I can remember playing football in the street with dress shoes on and trying to stop and sliding. And when you wear these shoes, they don't have a lot of support. So I sprained my ankles constantly. And so I fell a lot and cut myself a lot. So what my mother would do is she would take hydrogen peroxide and I'd have a cut and she'd pour the hydrogen peroxide in there. So what's the first thing most people do? They put the hydrogen peroxide, uh, they clean it out with hydrogen peroxide or rubbing alcohol. That's a no-no. Using hydrogen peroxide or rubbing alcohol to clean out cuts and scrapes can irritate the skin and that can delay the healing and actually harm the tissue. So clean a wound, best way to do it, running it under some warm water, three to five minutes. I know that's a long time. Uh, the running water is the most important for cleaning out debris and bacteria. Pat it dry. You can apply some antibacterial ointment on top of it, and that's going to help tremendously. But what happens is that hydrogen peroxide, you see it bubbling, that's the chemical reaction of eating away at the viruses, germs, and bacteria. Guess what? It's also eating away at your skin. So it's not a good thing because it can cause more damage. So cleaning it out with plain old soap and water, it's going to work great. Just like hand sanitizer. A lot of people use hand sanitizer. Oh, there's hand sanitizer everywhere. You go into businesses. We have them here at the studio. You go on a cruise, you go to a restaurant, you get hand sanitizers, and you're always rubbing it on. I'm going to kill the viruses, germs, and bacteria on my hands. Do they work? Yes. However, many of them contain dangerous chemicals. One of the chemicals they may contain is called triclosane. And when triclosane gets into your body, it's an endocrine disruptor. What that means is it messes with your hormones, and especially for children. And I go nuts when I see kids with their backpacks going to school with a little thing of hand sanitizer hanging off their backpack. That stuff is messing with their hormones. And kids are really, really sensitive. So if you want to make your own hand sanitizer, if you go to our website, drjoe.com, we have our own recipe there. And it's real simple. It's equal parts of witch hazel and alcohol. You can use rubbing alcohol, you can use vodka, whatever makes you happy. And then you can add a couple of drops of tea tree oil, T-E-A-T-R-E-E, -E -E, tea tree oil, and make your own san hand sanitizer. And you can put it in a little bottle if you want to, and this way the school is happy that you have your hand sanitizer, and you can naturally kill the viruses, germs, and bacteria without using those chemicals. Now, studies have shown that what works just as well, if not better, than hand sanitizer? <gasps> Soap and water. Wash your hands. I wash my hands all the time. If they start getting dry, take some coconut oil, rub it on there, you're fine. Be careful with the soaps you use too. That's another thing people think they're doing right. They're using these antibacterial soaps. Not a good idea. I use something called a, a, a natural, it's a natural soap. And it's oil and, and essential oils mixed together. And that works really well also. It's called Castile soap, if you have to know the name. But Castile soap is great. Uh, and if you ever read the side of the bottle, it says you can do everything with it. You can wash your dishes with it, you can bathe in it, and you can brush your teeth in it. I tried brushing my teeth with it once. I was camping with my buddies down in Key West one time. I'm going to tell you this. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Okay? Don't brush your teeth with Castile soap. It's horrible. But it's great. And I use it because it, it doesn't dry out my skin. And when you use Castile soap, and there's liquid in there's bars. I use liquids all over my house. When you use the liquid and you shower, it rinses right off. And if every now and then, if I have to use a commercial soap for some reason, I'm traveling, maybe I didn't ran out of my soap that I usually bring with me, I notice the soap just kind of stays on you and it doesn't want to rinse off. And it's amazing the difference. I am blown away 
how much better the Castile soap makes you feel and how much easier it is to rinse off your clothes and it doesn't cause allergic reactions or rinse off your body, I'm sorry. So I would recommend Castile soap. Again, we're talking today about mistakes that you may be making that you think you're doing right. So I'm not a big fan of the sanitizer. I'm not a big fan of the antibacterial soaps. You have so many other choices that work just as well, if not better. So other things you may be doing that you shouldn't be doing. You're not following a hydration equation. You're not drinking enough water. Many experts recommend drinking about eight glasses of fluid a day. Okay, sounds like a good idea. Um, and you want to do, so several factors uh, come into play here. It, do you exercise a lot? What climate are you in? Is it winter? Is it summer? If it's winter, you're probably drying your skin out. How much sodium are you taking in? How much salt are you taking in? Are you doing other dehydrating foods and beverages? Can you leave your body, um, need, that, all those things can leave your body needing more hydration. So if you're drinking a lot of things that are diuretics that make you pee, like alcohol or coffee, guess what? You're going to need more fluids. And some people mistakenly believe that all fluids counts. Okay? The joke, of course, is, Dr. Joe, I drink scotch and water. Well, scotch and water doesn't count as water. Not drinking enough water and thinking of things like coffee counts for your fluid intake. It's one of the biggest unintentional health mistakes people make. Coffee is a diuretic. The remedy? To determine how much water you should drink, consider everything you're eating and drinking. Like, I eat a lot of raw foods. I eat salads. I eat fruits. They contain a lot of fluids. And I drink a lot of fluids. And I tell you what, when I drink a lot of fluids, I feel better. I sleep better. I, I, I feel thinner. You feel so much better when you're drinking a lot of fluids. Think about the climate you're in. How much you're exercising. How do you know you're drinking enough fluid? Your urine, if you want to pee in a clear glass, you can do this. It should be clear, it should be odorless, and it shouldn't have a lot of things floating around in it. Now, if you eat certain things, you may have some odors. For example, if you eat onions or garlic or asparagus, your urine may have an odor to it. That's okay. But if it smells rancid, if it smells like a chemical, something's wrong. And if you're taking Dr. Joe's B-Complex or Dr. Joe's Super Greens, an essential source, uh, which are the two minimum supplements you should be taking every day, Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. They're powders. And I just mix them up with coconut milk, ramen milk, drink it. Uh, if it. When you take that, it has B vitamins in it, and your urine may be a little yellow. That's okay. And, but if your urine has a kind of a brownish color to it, if it smells, you've got to start thinking something's wrong. It may be that you're just not drinking enough water. It may be something more. But I have patients all the time call me, Dr. Joe, something's wrong. I check my urine. But, I just drink more water for a day or two, and let's see if it solves the problem. And in most cases, it does. And if you're not drinking enough water, you, you leave yourself open to urinary tract infections, which can be extremely painful. So just consider more water. I recommend a whole house filter. Um, I think it's a good idea. I use a Pure Life filter, it's called. And I have a whole house filter in my house. Every drop of water is filtered. Because when I take a shower, and I take a hot shower, I love hot showers, opens up my pores, I'm absorbing the equivalent of eight glasses of chlorine Right, glasses of chlorine found in water every time I shower. So I don't want chlorine getting into my skin. Chlorine is an antibiotic. It can kill good bacteria, my colon, my skin. Uh, if a toilet has water in it, standing water, it can evaporate chlorine into the air. If you take a bath, you wash your clothes, your dishes, I want to make sure I use the best water there is. Because it's a little expensive to buy one of the systems, a few thousand dollars, but if you're using bottled water, it's ridiculous to buy bottled water. Just get a whole house water filter. It's better for you, it's better for the environment. And because plastic bottles can leach uh, plastics into the water, and that can cause problems. So a whole house water filter really solves everything. And then I have stainless steel containers that I carry my water in. Now, in the winter, I drink a lot of tea. Keeps my voice warm. 
So I drink a lot of tea in the winter. All my containers are stainless steel. And so the tea is going to be very good for me. And herbal tea counts, by the way, as, as a fluid. It counts as water. If you're drinking caffeinated tea, caffeine can be a diuretic. And if you're drinking a lot of alcohol, you need a lot more water. Out of time. If you liked what you heard, go to the website, drjoe.com. Over 1,000 hours of podcast there, audio and video. If you have any questions, send them to me through the website. I'm more than happy to answer them for you. All the supplements we talked about, especially Super Greens and Essential Source, on the website. Or you can pick them up at our offices. We have offices in the Atlanta area, Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. And if you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, numbness, tingling, a health issue you're just stuck on, come see us. The website, again, drjoe.com, drjoe.com. I'm Dr. Joe Esposito. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on WSBRadio.com and on a WSB Radio app.